0: Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Jesse Gastan. He's the host of Way of Grace, a pastor and a community leader. He's a teacher and an inspiration. He's Lifeline's own Jesse
1: Gastan. Well, I want to welcome you to another Monday edition of Lifeline. Glad you could join me on this. Let's see here. November 5th, 2018. We are well into our um, fall season here. Daylight saving time. We just had that the other day. I didn't even know about it. No one told me. I woke up one morning and uh, lost an hour. Uh, got more sleep, but uh, lost an hour. So you know we are working with a um, a shorter day. That means um, the evenings will be longer. Uh, a lot darker, a little bit more cold, cooler, if you will. And uh, that a, it has all sorts of psychological and, in some cases, emotional effects. So be very careful to know that the seasons have changed along with the times. And therefore, you and I need to be uh, careful to redeem the time and make sure that we are aware of our thought processes and our health and uh, our... Um psychoanalysis and our awareness of what's around us and how we might make sure that we are walking close to the Lord and and uh, redeeming the time. That's, that's what I was thinking about coming in, redeeming the time because the days are evil and uh, we need to value where we are, value what we are doing so that we don't waste time. Either we're going to redeem time or we are going to... <clears throat> Waste time. So now, what's what's upon us right now that we need to really put out on the table before we do the the most important thing, and that is to talk. By the way, the number is one triple eight three six seven five three two nine one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. You know how we do it. We talk politics, religion, we talk theology, we talk practical issues, social issues, etc. And we try to bring it into captivity. Every thought. To the obedience of Christ to see whether or not it's even what worthy of uh acceptance or rejection, so yeah, I'm looking forward to chatting with you, one triple eight three six seven five three, two nine tomorrow, many people will be voting, that is those of you who are aware of the privilege of voting and uh, engage that particular privilege. Um, there will be twelve propositions on the ballot here in California. And as believing men and women committed to the privileged process of voting, I, I want to just encourage you to be both prayerful and enthusiastic about the outcome, because you win no matter what happens. You win, and you win every time when you remember that God rules and everything will work for our eternal good. Now, it doesn't mean that here on the on the ground, within the framework of this theater of conflict, we don't have bad policies that we would definitely want to avoid uh, becoming subject to. That's very much true. But ultimately, God is the one that is able to make all grace abound, no matter how it falls out in a free society, uh, qualified free brackets on that word free. Where voting and numbers do have an outcome, albeit uh, very questionable as to how legitimate the process is often in different uh, precincts and, and areas around the nation, particularly in different states where it's much more of a visceral hostility between parties, uh, Florida and some of the flyover states as well. If you were to simply do a Google search on um, flawed voting practices, uh, corrupt voting practices, you would just be amazed at what's going on, both uh, in, in in the public sector, around it, uh, on a legal level, as well as in, uh, in Congress. They are very much aware of the problems that exist in our nation around voting and uh, proper uh, voting procedures and things of that nature, but the media won't put it out there. They certainly won't put it out there when it's not in their best interest. So you won't hear that. However, uh, California doesn't seem to be having a huge problem with it, particularly when we're talking about local votes, local uh, legislation, local local policies, and local propositions. So if you're going to be out there voting to t- tomorrow, uh make sure you kind of you know what's going on make sure that you are very much aware of uh of the propositions in fact i have all 12 of them in front of me right now i'll just kind of read those off here in a minute just to share with you what the struggle is for those folks whose ultimate uh calling and maybe even identity as they would put it depending on how invested they are emotionally uh psychologically and practically um, how, how how it's falling out. What are the propositions that Californians are dealing with? Again, like I said, there are 18, uh, uh, 12 rather here for the uh, 2018 election. And some of them are interesting. I, you know, you can go to sleep on a number of them. But here is what you're going to be hearing about by your loved ones who um, are engaged in the process if you aren't. now, Now, even if you aren't. If we aren't, if there's some of us who may not be voting, you're going to pay for it one way or the other. If you're a hardworking, taxpaying citizen, it ends up being that uh, you and I will support bad policy, good policy, depending on uh, the number of votes for or against it. It ends up being um, that we will have these policies in view. Uh, The first proposition that comes out is the affordable housing and home purchase assistance for veterans. I actually believe that that is something very worthy of passing. Uh, If passed proposition one would authorize the sale of $4 billion in bonds to finance existing house housing programs as well as infrastructure work and grants to match a local housing trust fund dollar to dollar. One quarter of this four billion would help veterans purchase uh farms, homes and mobile homes. I am all down for that, as long as this is not some kind of pork barrel scam that ends up using the money for something else, which is the hue and cry that we often have where our politicians propose legislation that looks one way and ends up being another. Don't want to start complaining, but there you go. The first one, proposition one, if you're going to be doing anything by way of voting affordable housing and home purchase assistance for our veterans is definitely a hands down thing that I would do. Particularly, are you guys aware of how prolific Homelessness is growing in the Bay Area. Are you aware of that? Are you aware of the Encroaching normalcy of masses amount of uh, amounts of people living under the underpass, living in little you know quarantined areas where there is no no populace and in fenced up businesses and in places that would uh, uh, you know we would ostensibly believe no one would abide there at all. They're they're filling up all of those spaces and guess what? Our government's not doing a whole lot about it. Why? There is nothing they can do. That becomes a whole other conversation around the lopsided, um, I guess, practice of how to employ our tax monies when they get to Sacramento and uh, the things that we need to be taken care of. We can't, the things that we should be. Avoiding, we don't, and so the mismanagement of money often ends up with these kinds of askew conditions that uh, ought to be very embarrassing for us as Californians. And then every couple of years, what, uh, what are our legislature doing? They are asking for more money. Proposition two. Here's what proposition two is about. Using mental health dollars for low-income housing. Using mental health dollars for low-income housing. You know what? That means robbing Peter to pay Paul. You you got that right. The money that should be going to, bonds already designated for mental health, will now be also used for low housing. Now, let's see if we can reconcile this. Proposition 2 would free up $2 billion in bonds to pay to build housing that includes mental health services for chronically homeless people. There we go. There's the reconciliation. It is certainly true that we have a number of homeless people that are also mentally challenged. We don't know which one came first, the chicken or the egg, but sometimes it is so that when life so stresses you out, where you can't pay your bills, which is uh, the shame of uh, of California and many states where the cost of living is just out of the roof and people can't make an honest living to keep a roof over their head, the pressure to find themselves slipping up out of the normal A lower rung grid of working class citizens into homelessness often causes them to snap. But we also know that we're dealing with people who have other kinds of illnesses that lead to mental distress. Well, the money would go to building housing that includes mental health services for chronically homeless people. The original funds are part of the Mental Health Services Act approved by voters in 2004 to provide mental health services to Californians. Legislators tried to appropriate this money two years ago, but that law had been tied up in courts ever since. So we'll see how that one goes. Proposition three, authorizing bonds for safe drinking water and water infrastructure. Uh, Alert, alert, alert. The water is bad in California. Now, it's really bad in other states, uh, Michigan and uh, states. Along that whole area there in uh, on the East Coast, the water is really bad. So bad when you taste it, you know you are tasting bad water. Uh, then Ohio tasted that water there, just wretched, wretched, wretched water. And many states along that line, the water is bad. The water is bad here in California. By the way, I preached on this yesterday. The bitter waters of Mara in Exodus chapter 15. And I talked about a solution for all of these problems. You know what God's solution is for bitter water, bad water? It's Jesus Christ. It's a tree that God Himself has to cast into the water masses of humanity because we're actually. Uh, we're bitter. Our, our, the waters represent the nations of the world. You can find that in many places, certainly Revelation chapter 17. They represent the nations of the world. And as the, the waves of the ocean toss to and fro, so uh, the wicked are tossed to and fro and they have no peace. That's what the Bible says. So when our waters are corrupted, which is language out of the apocalypse of the Revelation— and the waters will be turned to wormwood, and and the waters will be be bitter, and and blood, and mingled with fire. Uh, show, 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 as it were, drape the waters. This is all metaphorical language of God's judgment on society because of its departure from the true and the living God. And I don't know who I was talking to. Uh, my wife and I. I think we were in. Yes, we were. We were in Las Vegas about a month ago. Uh, No, Reno, Reno, about a month ago. um, And we were talking to a courtesy clerk as we were purchasing water to take to our hotel room. Uh, And we had this very frank conversation about how bad things have become when you have to actually purchase your water. And it's a non-negotiable thing. We are not drinking water out of the faucet anymore out of the out of the tap anymore it's 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 unsafe, and that's what this bill is all about authorizing bonds for safe drinking water and water infrastructure that means really our water system is bad the piping is bad the lead is bad the The water is bad with proposition three voters will decide whether to authorize eight point two eight eight point eight seven billion and state bonds for water infrastructure. The majority of the revenue would go to safe drinking water projects and watershed and fishery improvements, with money also going to habitat protection, dam repairs, and other programs. The proposition also gives priority to disadvantaged communities and would require some projects to come up with matching funds from non-state sources. Uh little weird Uh, The proposition is certainly needed. Authorizing bonds for safe drinking water and water infrastructure. What I don't care for, ladies and gentlemen, when I listen to these propositions, is how it gets done. Explain to me how it really is going to get done. I hear what you say you're going to do, but explain to me how how it's really going to get done, because so many times it never gets done, and so many times it doesn't get done the way that it ought to get done. So, proposition three. One more proposition. I'll take a ba- break after this and then I'll come back and uh, we'll keep talking on the Monday edition of Lifeline. I'm glad to be alive and glad to be talking with you. Glad that we can have a conversation on a, re- on a reasonable level about matters that are close to us, even if they don't take on the most urgent spiritual uh, basis or premise for our life. They really are important. Water, <laughs> Water is important. I'll wake up sometimes and realize that our water source, our water supply is low. And I'll go, okay, got to go get some water. Got to go get some water. Just, In fact, I just bought four cases today um, because we had come down, run down to one case. Uh, it's really a fascinating idea that we would have to purchase water. A fascinating. Here we are, one of the richest states in the world, and we can't clean our water. That tells you that there is a very limited capacity on the part of mankind with all of his technological brilliance and scientific advancement that we cannot clean up our water to drink water free. Why? Because God is letting us know something. We're not the big dogs. And you and I know if we, if we don't get pure water into our system, good, healthy water into our system, this aids and abets the sicknesses and the maladies and the diseases that you and I also incur as a consequence of not having a healthy, hygienic process of existence. Proposition four, authorizing bonds for children's hospitals. Proposition 4 would approve $1.5 billion of bonds to build, expand, renovate, and equip qualifying children's hospitals. In other words, all of the children's hospitals in California, they would have to be qualified to get some of this $1.5 billion, which is not a lot of money, really, right there. The majority of funds would go to private nonprofit hospitals that provide services to children who qualify for certain government programs. This includes children with special needs who qualify for the California Children's Service Program. The rest of the funds would be allocated to the University of California's acute care children's clinic and public and private nonprofit hospitals that serve qualified children. How much of the money? Well, we'll find out if this proposition passes one more granting property tax break to senior citizens and disabled persons. Absolutely. Are you kidding? If I were running California, if I ruled the world and I was running California, I'd give tax breaks to seniors, period. They would not have to pay no taxes. You live in this world, and you reach, I guess it's 67 or something. We were talking about this in our money management class on Saturday. Uh, Rami will straighten me out. I think around 67 or something, you can collect Social Security. And Social Security is a joke today, as it has always been, as you know. Why don't you also stop? We should all... Y'all vote for me for president. All senior citizens are free from having to pay any taxes whatsoever on food, on cars, on planes, on homes, on nothing. Free to not pay taxes, particularly when you have invested into the economy for some 40, 50, 60 years as a hardworking citizen. You don't have to pay taxes. They would hang me down in in, in Sacramento if I made that proposition. But do you see? that this is important, our priorities are not right because we are not taking care of the right things. I'm going to come. I'm gonna take a break and I'll come back and deal with this proposition a little bit more. The number is one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. 367 5329 Now, you don't have to wait to call uh, and, and talk about this. If you want to talk about something more theological, if you want to talk about something more personal, if you want to talk about something more um, in the area of domestic issues, challenges, marriages, relationships, we can do that. 1-888-367-5329. one you are listening to the Monday edition of Lifeline with Jesse Gistan. Very glad to be with you. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. And I'll be right back. And now back to Lifeline. The Time 625 on the Monday edition of Lifeline. Jesse Gistand keeping you company for the next hour and a half. If you want to call me, one triple eight three six seven five three two nine one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. We are simply talking about the propositions that we will be voting on as Californians tomorrow. I went through proposition one through three, and I'm on proposition four right now, authorizing bonds for Children's Hospital. Proposition 4 would approve $1.5 billion of bonds to build, expand, renovate, and equip qualifying children's hospitals, and most of it will be designated after... Uh, I, I'm sure we're dealing with hospitals that are, like they said, private nonprofit hospitals that often don't have a whole lot of financial resources to to keep them up and to have them, you know, to to be first rate hospitals like Children's Hospital in Oakland. They're really nice. Um, and uh, so I don't know where they get their money from, but some of the other uh, children's hospitals probably could use support from um, wealthy organizations. And as they stated Uh, The rest of the funds would be allocated to the University of California's Acute Care Children's Clinic. Proposition 5, however, granting property taxes to to, uh, tax breaks to senior citizens and disabled persons. I'm all for that. Proposition 5 would amend Proposition 13 passed in 1978 to allow homebuyers who are age 55 and older And are severely disabled to transfer their property tax adjustment from their prior home to their new home to no matter the new home's value or location or the buyer's number of moves. Now, so what's going on right there is this. It's not for all seniors. It's only for seniors who've already bought into the American dream and have been trapped by the, on average, half a million to a million dollar home that becomes tax revenue for 30, 30 years guaranteed. If you know anything about how the system works in that regard. Um so yeah, if you pay in and you on average are paying a couple two or three four hundred thousand dollars more for your home when the when the when the bill is finally due, then yeah, they're talking about giving you a tax break. But by no means will it equate to the extra money you paid in interest for all those years that you paid for that house. It's just a little this is a residue from Saturday's Outstanding Class by Rami Thomas at, in our church at Grace. Um, and I'm hoping it's going to be online because he did a great uh, job explaining how our tax system works and explaining how um, how important it is for you to know how to handle your money. Uh, we have a series called, uh, what is it called? It's called uh, Mind Drawing Business, and it's about knowing how to handle your finances. So I definitely want to encourage you to Uh, Check it out if you really want to get a handle on how how to deal with your money. Proposition uh, five, uh, therefore, is something that we definitely want to uh, be thinking about uh, affirming if you go out and vote. Proposition six, repealing the gas tax. Now, this is the one uh, that that has all kinds of Trojan horse language in it that you want to be very careful about. Lawmakers increase Uh, To the gas tax has been contentious since the moment it passed last year. Uh, Democratic State Senator John Newman was recalled in June in part over his yes vote on the tax. Proposition six would allow voters to repeal the gas tax increase that currently generates revenue to pay for improvements to local roads, state highways, and public transportation. Proposition 81 would also require the legislator uh, to submit any future tax or fees on gas or diesel fuel or on those driving a vehicle on public highways to voters. Governor, Governor Jerry Brown came out hard against the measure when it qualified for the ballot, calling it flawed and dangerous in one of his tweets. Well, um, you want to be very careful to know what's going on in Proposition Six so that you don't get in uh trouble with that Here's an interesting one, and i and by the way, i've got two lines open one triple eight three six seven five three, two nine let's dive let's dive in to some theology some something that's that's radically important to our conversation. But for those of you who are voting citizens, here's an interesting proposition you might want to consider revisiting daylight saving. Now, California lawmakers have flirted with ditching seasonal time changes for years. And let me go ahead and ask you, how would you feel if we just got off that cycle of one hour forward, one hour backwards every year, forward in the fall, backwards in the spring? Well, how would you feel about just cutting it out altogether? I'd love to hear from you. 1-888-367-5329. I personally... If they cut it out, I couldn't be happier. Just just cut it out. In fact, uh, cut it out to where we have more day. Cut it out to where we have more daylight. A man has to work during the day, and at night we rest as a rule. That's not true, you know, uh, as a whole, but the principle in Scripture is work while it is day. And we can get a whole lot more done when we have more daylight. Secondly, when we have more daylight, we are our healthier people. We are mentally healthy, healthier. We are psychologically healthier. We are physically healthier, and therefore physiologically healthier, and therefore can apply more energy in a more positive way, and that might also affect how we act with one another when um, we are dealing with stressful issues. More daylight, please, not less. So that's Proposition uh, 7, revisiting the daylight savings issue. Uh, Proposition 7 itself would not make permanent or abolish daylight saving time. Well, what? The measure repeals a 1949 voter-approved proposition that established daylight saving times in California. This would leave it up to the legislature to decide how the state's time should be set. The legislator could then establish year round daylight saving time in California with a two thirds vote on congregational approval. The driving force behind the measure, San Jose Democratic Assembly member Canton Chu, has been fighting to end spring forward fall back time assembly, I mean, changes for the past few years with no success until his bill ended up on Governor Jerry Brown's desk this week. Brown signed it. And now it's up to the voters to decide whether or not the legislature gets the chance to end seasonal time changes. Now, let me ask you a question: uh, Do you think this bill is going to pass, and why? Do you think the voters of California is going to say, are going to say, make that change, stop this daylight savings time? We want to have a fixed set of hours a day, a fixed set of hours a night, and we want it in the advantage of our uh, our working model, our working pattern, the the way we uh, live and work. We need more daylight, so stop it. Do you think they're going to do that, or are they going to um, opt to keep this kind of back and forth thing going? One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. I have a tendency because I kind of been watching what's going on with the whole issue of voting. And uh, a lot of people are just, uh, they're not jazzed, and I don't blame them. I really don't blame people for not being jazzed about voting. Although, at the end of the day, logic says that we really need to be careful about that because we don't want to get a chicken hen, the chicken coop, to uh, the foxes. And that's really what happens at the end of the day on local elections if we go to sleep too much so we want to think about that. Anyhow, I'm going to take a break. 188-367-5329. Looking forward to hearing from you. I'll be right back. And now
0: back to Lifeline.
1: And that's the time 636. One line open. triple8. 367 5329 188 5329 three six seven five three two nine we've been kind of basically going through the propositions but I'm gonna take a few phone calls love to hear from you um line number two Craig in Castro Valley Craig uh welcome to lifeline what's your question comment or observation sir
2: yes pastor I wanted to uh comment about the water yeah so um I'm a civil engineer and i I know all about the water infrastructure and all how the pipes is all jacked up mm-hmm I mean, California, back in, I don't know when it was, 1800s, they got water all the way from Yosemite to come up here to the Bay Area, the Hetch Hetchy system. Right. That's some of the best water. I still drink it out of my sauce we get the water from Hetch Hetchy, but I know other agencies don't. They mix it and stuff, and that's where you come into problems. But as far as these uh, funding, these propositions, sure. The reason why <laughs> – I don't think it's ever going to happen is because of the corruption with contractors and city governments because that's what I've done for most of my career uh-huh. They're not using the right materials they're cutting corners and they're they just jacking up the system if they, If it was done properly and like they did it back in the eighteen hundreds, we'd have clean water but you know i I think it's due to corruption and greedy people now they want now of money <clears throat> and then charge you a bunch of money on your water bill
1: sure i Years ago, I knew that we were getting our water from Hetch Hetchy. Is it that today there are more private water companies, albeit large ones, that are intercepting, are breaking up the monopoly that allowed the Bay Area to have more of the Hetch Hetchy water uh, versus um, now it being – Severally divided by different countries with different uh, different companies with different interests, and as you stated, therefore they are messing with the water. Or is it that the water is now coming from another source than way up there uh, by Yosemite?
2: No, it's a it's a it's coming it's still coming straight from Yosemite, the snow melt, the good fresh spring water. But sure. what's happening is um, the San Francisco PUC they're the only one that control it, but due to financial reasons, they're making compromises, and they're uh, allowing other agencies to be part of it so that they could fund everything, and that's where all the mixing comes in. East Bay Mud also gets water, but they don't use it. It's not a pure source anymore. It's all mixed. Sure. And then with the bad infrastructure adding to it, you know, some of the pipes are over 100 years old. They need to be upgraded. Right. And... You know, they got stuff leaking in and old pipes and rusting valves and all kind of stuff going on.
1: Right. So now you're saying that you still drink your water.
2: Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty good. I mean, I have a, a reverse osmosis. On ah, the I drink is ah. The come
1: path. on, come on. See, you got some gospel on it. Let's just tell the truth. It's okay if yeah. we've got some, If we <laughs> if we can throw a tree in it, didn't we learn that yesterday? Yeah, yeah. I got a
2: tree underneath
1: the sink. <laughs> if we can throw a tree in it, it
2: make it. To, it, <laughs> it take
3: that bitter and makes it sweet. That's
1: like my that tree. There we go. If we can, if we can take a tree and throw in it uh, that God would reveal to us, and we can filter the water, then we can drink it. And enjoy the sweetness that yeah, comes from then you, God's then you goodness. Go to the store and buy it. Okay, I, I'm with get, you.
2: You got to get that reverse osmosis, or you got to get some type of filtration.
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I, and that's the sad reality that we have been talking about um, as we've been going through the propositions. As you know, when a culture gets to the point where it has to filterize its water, um, we are dealing with a culture that significantly, uh, by 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 analogy. Uh, is walking in uh rebellion and disobedience to God because He gave us fresh water and to toxify water in a way that it does not uh serve uh to 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 the health of uh millions of people uh and we we you know we inherited it, inherited this water by god's mercy as you stated coming all the way up from the uh fresh springs uh to not have it at our availability for free. Is an absolute monstrous yeah, abomination. It's, it's just crazy, you man. You Your
2: water bill, so
1: yeah, yeah, it's amazing. It's not free no more. It's not free anymore. Anyhow, I'm glad that you called Craig yeah. to give and us an insight. The
2: daylight savings time, from what I remember, um, they started that with uh, President Nixon. Yeah, and it had to do with the energy crisis. Of course, It never made no sense to me. Of course, because if you're gonna make it get dark earlier, then you're gonna have the street lights come out earlier and. I just it didn't make no sense. I hope they do get rid of it because I don't like it either.
1: Right, right. I, I do know how it impacts many people who have um, depression. And I've had uh, my bouts with it as well. And come November and December, uh, the, the you know, the fact that it gets dark around five thirty six o'clock, if I'm not in the right place and in the right space, um, you know, I have some battles. And so, um, yeah, I, I'm hoping that they would as well. Um. So we'll see, man. Thanks for the call. Thanks for the call. Let me go to line number three and talk with Laura in Livermore. Laura, are you there?
4: Yes, sir. Hi. How are you?
1: I'm great. What's your thoughts today?
4: So I have a couple of things I want to talk about. The first one is Proposition 2 for mental health for low-income housing. Yes. And I just want to say the whole concept with the chicken before the egg I really feel like there is more of a deep rooted issue that goes beyond that and it really has to do with um, how jobs are being allocated, income and quality, uh, really some things that um, our society as a whole needs to address on a larger level, maybe a think take addressing it on a, uh, so it can be fix before it gets uh, a preventative measure before it gets to this place where people are having mental health issues because they're overwhelmed with bills or losing their homes or whatever happens Um, there is a bigger uh, situation going on here where um, there is a lot of corruption and how things are handled and I feel like um, that's the number one thing that needs to be addressed when it comes to hospitals uh, being funded the children's hospitals, Um, I can say I know personally that the children's hospital in Oakland is owned by UCSF. Right. Uh, And then there's a lot of funding that comes from, there's people who leave their inheritance Sure, um,
1: private private income, um, yeah.
4: Private, yeah. There's there's all of the uh, philanthropy, and then there's also corporations like Google that are investing. Like you have Stanford, they're um, investing into technology and advancement So they get a lot of funding from other sources. So I just want to state that's the reason why you see this this high level of technology, and then also. When the Affordable Care Act came on, there was a lot more money flowing in because uh, of the security of that being in place. Sure. And losing that, I think it causes um, where there starts to be cutbacks and they're not able to be able to um, support uh, um, hospital needs on the level. And so I think it's a good initiative um, to definitely pass. But I just I just really wanted to go back to the whole thing with the low income issue. I really feel like it's a bigger issue that's on a, a, a level that needs to be addressed on uh, um, from a societal issue, that we need more uh, leaders to come in and be involved in um, seeing how they can prevent these measures, and just really being open and honest and candid about how it is that we 're handling things and then realizing. The homeless issue is not just uh, uh, impacting the person who is homeless. It is impacting everyone else who um, has, uh, It's just society as a whole, you have disease, you have people that are sleeping on the street, they have nowhere to go, Um, these things are impacting all of us.
1: Right, it's an integrated it's a a systemic problem that's integrated on a number of levels and I would say Laura uh, that I think you're right about wanting to have you know groups of experts who really are um, sympathetic to the the uh, psychological moral and ethical uh, uh, factors that go into it but it has to also be comprehended from a larger spiritual level and I really thoroughly mean that because uh, mental health is increasing. And uh, in, in a lot of ways, because of a breakdown uh, of moral consistency and an ethical frameworks that that make sure that societies um, operate within um, a spectrum where we can prosper in the area of uh, peace, mental peace, practical peace, um, economic peace uh, and spiritual yeah. pre- peace. Without that, yeah. we're yeah. raising families yeah. that are internally destabilized internally internally toiling right. internally right. struggling, so if I am a young man or a young woman that uh, is now aspiring to 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 be on my own and go to work and provide an income for myself, and yet on top of that i don 't have a real connection with the true and the living God as the foundation upon uh, which I stand when the earth shakes, and the earth is going to shake because we 're in a fallen world that 's going to exacerbate my instability. And uh, on top of the pressures that come with these outrageous costs for living, um, I'm going to resort to other means by which I try to cope. And you know what I mean. Uh, Yes, yes,
4: but I just want to say where we're at, Currently, right now in the present, people don't care if it doesn't impact them, and they don't understand it is impacting them. Right now, we have in San Francisco people who usually have conferences, businesses. They are canceling their conferences because are unsafe, and they fear for not being the the whole area in San Francisco. The way just getting on the bar in the morning to go to work, it is not. It's a hazard. This this has eroded over the past ten years, where it was not like this ten years ago. Not at all, because people are ignoring. People are ignoring it. powers that your head be like looking the other way
1: but the powers that be this is the powers that be i agree with you but this is what i'm stating as i take a break i fully agree with you because these are the things that you could find on the east coast more frequently uh, i remember years ago being on the east coast whether it's new york or new jersey and yes. elsewhere yes. in the public systems yes. and i would go wow look at all of this and i go if we don't have that in california yes we we're do we're
4: so spoiled yep. I, and i was originally from new york so i so understand and now the way our BART was 10 years ago, I used to feel like we were in luxury. Now it's yep. the same way it was I, 10 years ago in I, New York. I agree. I see.
1: I agree. Thank you for the call. I'm going to take a break. Uh, when I come back, I'll take your phone calls on the Monday edition of Lifeline. We've got one line open, one seven five three two nine. one i will be right back. And we're back. Six fifty-two is the time. One line open. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. One line open. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Let me go to line number four and talk with James from the Bay. James, what's your thoughts on our topic today, or you may be posing another topic.
3: Well, I'm okay with this topic. Uh, how's it going?
1: I'm good. I'm good. How are you?
3: I'm good. I'm worried about. I'm worried about you. You keep on saying it's an hour late. You got of there. Something you got somewhere to go? you be in the wrong clock, man. You don't turn the clock
1: back on. I'm you, now realizing they didn't set the clock back. Okay, it's five fifty-three, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. Five fifty-three. We have one. I was, we'll, that would mean we only have seven minutes to go. But we've got a whole hour and seven minutes to go. Um, I was kidding with my congregation. One of the members yesterday when I um came into church in the morning I had w- awakened and uh my cell phone had said um something like um seven thirty and I walked upstairs leaving my cell phone downstairs on uh, the counter and I looked at the clock in the in the kitchen and it said eight thirty and I said my goodness I lost the hour between downstairs and upstairs <laughs> I said where am I at um in any event what you, what are you thinking about what's going on
3: Two things I was looking at, something about the water and the tide. Right now, one thing I, I want to—I'm looking at it now. I don't just just for a no, uh, point of reference. East Bay mud doesn't get their water from the San Francisco. I know San Francisco gets theirs from Hetch uhhuh. but we we get ours from—I uh, can't even pronounce the name of it. It's. Uh, uh, Mo, I, I have to spell it for you.
1: Well, Go ahead uh, on. Can you spell it?
3: Did okay. we drop? Well, M um, O. Hold on a second. So he's got. Uh, I thought. Well, I had it, but I I, I moved away from it.
1: Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Craig will Craig will text me shortly and let me know what you're talking about. He's an engineer. Civil engineer he has been involved in that for a while. I thought for some reason here in the Bay Area, at least with Oakland and a few others, that the water had shifted from Hetch Hetchy. Um, but we'll get that clarified in a minute. If that's okay. the case. Uh,
3: Mokel, you mean, uh, River. Okay. And it's up in Sierra Nevada. Got it. It's supposed to be 90 miles to the east. Now maybe they're close by. Maybe they just have different names. But uh, yeah, maybe he can uh, make some clarification to that because I always thought that we got the waters from uh, from different places. I, so
1: I thought so too. I thought, I thought so, so too. North. I thought so. I thought there were one or two other places that we've gotten our water from. And if that's the case, I'm still not sure, James, that it's the water. I'm I'm not sure that the water coming from uh, this other source is necessarily bad in itself, as much as the piping systems that are operating, uh, as Craig had said, for over 100 years now uh, throughout the Bay Area. Those pipes are... Horrendously outdated and uh filled with uh um, minerals and um contaminants that uh, we have already had received in the mail more than once over the years uh danger uh and warning signs not to even use it for for washing uh you know washing your mouth or brushing your teeth or things like that um so when you get to that level, we know we're dealing with some problems
3: absolutely. That's where it is. Let's say the infrastructure, right? Get in there and get those things, like you said. Now, okay. Now, my big one is the time. My yeah. big one is the time. I don't think it's a big one, but this one, my argument is this, and I need for people to really, you know, think about this. I mean, daylight it, it, to me, that even the title is actually moronic in itself. I mean, because daylight saving time, right? What hour forward, or backward, or forward? Really well. It may mess us up, you know, maybe uh, two times a year with, with gaining hours hour of sleep or, uh, or, or or losing an hour of sleep, depending on your, your sleep patterns. But, I mean, God is already daying when the sun is going to rise or set. I mean, do we not have the spring and summer months where we have more daylight hours, whether we mess with the time or not? And in the fall and winter, we have. Less daylight hours, even if you know, I mean, if we were to take away the clocks, the all, all I mean, if we were doing a sundial, I mean, back to go, go archaic, and we just had to monitor how much sunlight we had between, say, the spring, summer months, from, say, maybe, uh, what was the from March through the end of, I guess, uh,
1: September, would be
3: September, October. Yeah. Wouldn't you, wouldn't you agree that it, that takes care of itself?
1: With the exception I mean, of right, the the difference the different the difference lies in the organic time variations that exist in the cycle that you 're talking about with winter solstice and summer solstice uh, and God does that for his own purposes in different regions around the world that 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 may be the case that we will always have based upon winter solstice, uh, a season between um, uh, November and December and largely around December until the mid part of January where we are dealing with the shortest days. That's the the positioning of the sun, moon, and earth uh, in its rotations that lead to that uh, shortening of the time. And that being the case, we have to deal with that. We have always dealt with that. But when you actually set a numerical clock that's mechanical in nature into that natural equation, and that clock is the clock that you get up by, not whether the sun rises or sets, it actually increases exponentially the um the trauma of a loss of an hour here or the gain of an hour there uh relative to uh what people do for a living and also where people are in their physio- physiological health that that's what i'm getting at because we will notice that if you lose an hour sleep because the clock says it's you know seven o'clock when in fact um, it's eight o'clock, or vice versa. You're impacted by that number. You're not impacted by when the sun rises and when the sun sets as much as you're being told that you got to be be to be at work at nine o'clock. And uh, the way that the cycle has run now, uh, you're losing an hour or maybe gaining an hour. And and that little that little window every year. It does impact people. That would be a fascinating uh, um, conversation piece to have, too, whether or not people would want to call in and talk about how the loss of, of that hour does impact them or not. But what I think you're saying is we have a natural variation that takes place within the framework of God's cosmos. And humanity has been dealing with that since the beginning of time. And I accept that. That's, that goes without argument. But God didn't do it in a way in which it impacted us as traumatically as a mechanical clock with a specific time dial on it, so that I have to get up and be at work at a certain time. I can imagine the farmer, or um, the, uh, the the astronomer, or the uh, or people who have to actually work by the way the uh, sun rises and sunsets would have the freedom of adjustment. Uh, with regards to that cycle and not be as impacted as you and I are now because what's being foisted on top of the organic uh, cosmos cycle is a uh, structured mechanical clock system, including – The fact that we're being forced to try to put more activity into less hours every day for less money and many things that that go along with kind of our other conversation, James, around mental health and emotional stability and anxiety and stress levels that come for the working man or the working woman who has this yoke on their neck to go out and work to acquire monies that don't even actually pay the bills. And then to boot, we get the jarring of the loss of our extra hour uh, once a year. Um, it subtly plays a role in um, how we are impacted unless unless one chooses to rise up out of that model. Well,
3: I, I, and I get what you're saying. I guess when you, you brought up the point about the astronomers and uh, the people – uh, the people left who are in the agricultural, agricultural industry right. uh, as it pertains to growing things. I mean, I'm sure, yeah, we, I guess it would set their, uh, you know, time clocks or what have you. Well, if you're studying the stuff, you, I mean, you would go, whenever you get the best view of whatever you're looking at it, as an astronomer, from my time taking astronomy at school, and we would look. You know, at the stars, and I got homework assignments, You know, looking trying to find a star. You know, in, you know, in the sky or what have you. I mean, whenever it gets dark, I would imagine that's when that time would be, or for the person that's planting, uh, if they have to have, you know, you know, seeds in the ground. At, you know, at a certain time. Exactly, uh, exactly.
1: That's why I agree with you. Yeah. I agree with you. I agree with you that they had that flexibility. They had the the flexibility to let the clock work cyclically, um, uh, sh- um, shrinking and expanding in, in relationship to the distance of the sun and the moon to the earth, which gives us that extra hour, or apparently less hour, once you put a mechanical clock on it. They had the freedom to to modify that. When you got to be at be to work at eight o'clock or nine o'clock or uh, what have you, you got to be there at what time it is, no matter what that cycle is. And that that's the part that I say can become problematic every year when we have uh, uh, daylight savings time. uh, There is a subtle, uh, a subtle experience that I have towards the evening of too much night, too much darkness. Uh, You know, I'm ready to go to sleep at eight o'clock, but I still got work to do.
3: Mm, Yeah, Okay.
1: Yeah, and, and and I'm probably not as bad as some people with regards to that. So I, I get your point. We've always dealt with it. We shouldn't be tripping on it now. But I would like to see what it's like to kind of just get off of that and go back to the natural response towards the uh, organic uh, uh, differentiation that takes place every year because of uh, winter solstice and summer solstice. I'd like to see what we would do with that on a practical level and an emotional level. Listen, man. Thanks for the call. I got to take a break. When I come back, I'll take your phone calls. One line open. One triple eight three six seven five three two nine one triple eight three six seven five three two nine. Whatever you do with the time, redeem it. I'll be right back.
0: Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon intelligence agency, knew all the government's.